0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich.
1: Good to be here, Dan.
0: Hey, Mark, it's good to have you here in the studio today on a Saturday. You know, last week we uh, started to talk about environmentalism a little bit, and um, the time went so fast we never did complete uh, all that we wanted to talk about. Um, did want to share with the folks um, your background a little bit as a guide for hiking and, and that sort of thing, you've been out outside in the woods so much more probably than the average guy that uh, you really have a good feel for for the environment, and um, you've got a great interest in birds and birding. Uh, you've gone hunting and fishing and all these things. Um, could you share maybe just a couple of minutes your background uh, working with
1: the environment? Sure. Sure. Um. My background probably started when I was 10 years old, and <laughs> I got interested. I started watching birds at a bird feeder, and from that point on, I was into birds and, and birding. And, and when uh, you say birding, what does that mean? And that means lo- looking at birds and uh, trying to identify what they are and That's watching neat. them. And, and yeah, <laughs> and, it, it, and for me, photographing them, I, I really oh, yeah. uh, spend a lot of my time trying to photograph the birds now yeah. as well. Um, Also, hunting and fishing, anything to do with the outdoors. If God hadn't called me to be a pastor, Mm -hmm. I think uh, the field of conservation certainly would have been one that uh, I would have definitely looked into. You mentioned I'm the pastor of a church in Kingston. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have to do some tent making. Uh, that's the way Paul
0: did it. That's right. The Apostle yeah, I, Paul.
1: <laughs> I, I do some tent making on the side, and the job that I have is that I'm a uh, part-time naturalist at a local resort hotel.
0: Oh, yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a naturalist on our program <laughs> <So> that's, today.
1: <laughs> that's my official title at the hotel. I'm, I'm the naturalist, and of course, I ran a camp also, a, a retreat center oh, that's right. for 10 years, yeah. and uh, of course, spent a lot of time out in the woods. It, it, Mark there. is
0: one of those guys where you can, you can walk up and talk about any subject, and it's like he zeroes in and he realizes exactly what you're talking about because his uh, knowledge is very broad. If you want to talk about Harley Davidsons and Hondas, you can talk about that, because sometimes he rides his motorcycle here to the studio, uh, as well as uh, doing all this tour guiding and into the uh, trails and that sort of thing here in the Hudson Valley. Well, you know, last week we were talking about the environment a little bit. We started by mentioning the BP oil spill in the Gulf. Uh, We mentioned how that Debbie and I live here in the uh, New York City watershed area. And um, we were covering, um, basically from a biblical perspective, the fact that uh, God has given this earth to us as stewards, and uh, he gave the um, what some people call the dominion mandate, uh, and that entailed having dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth, according to um, Genesis 2.28 and using it for God's glory. And Mark, you brought out the fact that uh, then um, mankind would fall into sin, and uh, we see evidence of the curse of sin in this world, and yet um, that too gives us an opportunity to improve upon, uh, to take the raw elements and build things and do things, to to build um, waterways and passages and all these wonderful things that, that man is gifted by God to create, these are good things.
1: Yeah, one of the things I, again, want to emphasize in terms of the creation model, when we look at the creation model, man is created in the image of God. In other words, man is more valuable than the animals and the plants. That's a huge point. And that is a huge point because we live in a society today that, that looks at animals and gives them more rights than human beings.
0: Yeah, last week we alluded to this group, this PETA group, and I hope I'm not offending anyone, but you know, we've got to stay biblical here, and we have to be men and state mm. what the biblical opinion is, and that is um, PETA uh, raises up animals to be basically have the same rights and privileges as mankind, and that's yeah. just wrong. It, it's, it's, it's just wrong. Um, God sees it otherwise, uh, God would instruct us, like we shared last week, that a, a righteous man... Uh, we're told in Proverbs 12 and verse 10, a righteous man regards the life of his animal. And, and it's his animal. He owns that animal. He has more rights than that animal, but he doesn't abuse the animal.
1: That's right. You take care of that. One of the things, and of course, one of the other programs that you broadcast is uh, Brad Manis and he just gave a report recently that said uh, Spain had finally decided to outlaw bullfighting. Mm-hmm. Well, many would applaud that, but he said, uh, unfortunately, at the same time, Spain is now making abortion legal.
0: And that's quite a contrast, isn't yes, it? Yes,
1: yes. So we we protect the bulls and we kill, kill the, the humans. Yeah. That's
0: it, yeah. And um, we've talked about abortion before on this program. And uh, yes, it can be sensitive because we may have uh, loved ones who unknowingly uh, mm-hmm. gotten involved in an abortion and now they regret it. And now they feel the guilt of that. Well, they should feel the guilt of it. And that yet, there is healing in jesus christ that 's the nutshell, that's right. um, but these babies have a value they 're not they 're not just animals they 're not just um, little pieces of tissue uh, they 've got all the chromosomes of a human being they 've got all the all the DNA all the mm-hmm. material is there, and it 's just that they 're a little younger that 's all they are human beings made in the image of God. they are not to be killed but um this is a huge issue, and that is raising. Elevating the rights and values of animals to be equal, if not greater, than that of uh, human beings. Human beings are made in the very image of God.
1: And that's one of the big problems that we see today in our society, the elevating of animals above human beings. In fact, I believe I heard individuals say that if India, for example, were to convert to Christianity, they would solve their starvation problem overnight. Yes. Because these sacred cows would suddenly be, uh, be food for people.
0: That's right. Well, I see we're just about up against a break here. You're listening to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. Today's discussion is a continuation of last week's where we are dealing with uh, the environment and this world that God has made. And the priority that he has stipulated The difference between us and the animals So that we can get a right perspective We can get our arms around this whole subject Of how the differences are Between us and the animal kingdom And our responsibility with respect to this world And our stewardship and all of that So we're going to take a quick break We'll be right back Stay with us now here on A Plain Answer
2: We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements.
0: And welcome back. You're tuned to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today we're talking about the environment and also with respect to man and how that man has been made in the image of God and man has been given a stewardship over this earth. And in the studio with me today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Who is also a naturalist And Mark, it is uh, great to have you here today uh, As we continue this discussion Now as we talk about the earth I know a while ago we made the point that this earth is rather resilient yes. um, I do wonder um, about this whole area of global warming uh, I'm not certainly a, a uh, expert in that But I, I am of the opinion that uh, this earth is a good deal more resilient then we want to give God credit for.
1: Well, that's true. And there, there are a few things that we need to understand in terms of, of the resilience. I remember back in the 70s uh, when I was uh, going to school at Mount St. Mary College, and uh, we, they were talking about the Hudson River, and the Hudson River had been badly polluted. And it should not have been, but it had that's been ba- badly polluted. And, and so efforts had been made to stop that pollution. And, of course, initially people said, well, as soon as we stop this, it's still going to be 20 years before it cleans up. Well, it was about two or three years, and the river had cleaned up, except for the PCBs. Now, there are persistent sure. ones, sure. and but people weren't talking about the PCBs. <laughs> they were talking about all those other pollutions, and you're right, the resilience of this, uh, the Exxon Valdez. What were, the, what were the dire predictions when the, the Exxon Valdez had that great oil spill in Alaska? Mm-hmm. It would be decades before things got back to normal. Well, it was about five years and things were back to normal.
0: That, and that fascinates me. When, when and, I see this earth kind of sort of, can I say, healing itself. It, and it does. And, and it's and, a and remarkable a, thing.
1: And that's one of the key things, especially when we start looking at global warming. To understand that God is the biggest controller here, not us. And one of the problems I have with global warming is first off we're a lot more ignorant than we think we are. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean the, the global warming people have have come out with all these things and well Al Gore when he made that film an an inconvenient what was it an inconvenient truth. Mm-hmm. And then England uh, one of the judges in England said there are what was it at least 11 false statements in that movie. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And of course, they came back. Well, they may have been false, but at least they, they were done for effect. Well, guess what? If you have to lie about something, maybe your position isn't really worth defending yeah. if you have to lie about it. Yeah. And so that's one of the problems. And there's, there are a lot of reasons to question global warming.
0: Yeah. Now, last week we had mentioned that uh, we want to avoid the false religion of pantheism. That's right. Where we assign um, a deity to the things of this earth. Yeah, Uh, everything is God. And um, uh, even on this global warming thing, uh, again, I admit, I'm not up to speed on this like I should be. I am of the opinion, however, that uh, the uh, temperatures uh, follow more of a pendulum model than anything else, where sometimes for longer periods we'll see some warming, uh, other times some cooling. Um, I do know that um, some folks have documented some some little facts, and uh, the global warming facts are are actually very hard to come by. Um, There's very few facts that are universally agreed upon that the current average temperature of Earth is is indeed rising at this time. Um, A couple of facts I found was that global temperature changes from past millennia, according to available data, were often severe and rapid, long before man supposedly had any impact at all. Um, Here's one. Water vapor, not carbon dioxide, not CO2, is the most influential greenhouse gas. Now, that's kind of interesting because we hear so much about carbon dioxide. I always told my kids, well, you know, the plants need carbon dioxide to live. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) But, um, you know, there's a relatively small percentage of human-produced carbon dioxide as compared to other greenhouse gases. And so the human impact on global temperature may be as little as one percent was one of the assertions that I was reading about. So um, this so-called CO two emission is not the only plausible explanation for quote unquote global warming. And I don't, frankly, I don't even want to give them that. Um, you know, you can call it global warming. I'm not sure that that's a fair assessment, frankly.
1: Right. And so we have some real problems with it. Uh, One of the other things is that uh, from what we can tell in the past, the global warming, the CO2 intensity, if you will, came after the temperature increased. In other words, CO2 Mm -hmm. follows a temperature increase. If it follows, it doesn't cause it. Mm -hmm. It's a result of it. And so, if we're controlling our CO two, we're really not doing anything in terms of of the global temperature. Yeah,
0: and and again, going back to this idea of a pendulum, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, in the in the seventies, yeah, it's that long ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, at that time, the global temperatures had actually been dropping since about right the end of World War II, roughly, and and a global cooling concern was on people's minds. So, uh, you know, to me, the pendulum model describes more things accurately than, uh, than this global warming model.
1: And that's true. And it, basically what it underlines is how ignorant we really are yeah. about what is going on. God has control over this. And this is, these are some of the things. Now, yes, it is a fallen world. And so we can improve on things. We can help certain things. But we're also fallen. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the things we try to do that we think are going to be good wind up being bad. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things that we did that was we thought would be a great thing and it wound up being bad was Smokey the Bear. Hmm. Remember uh, early in the 20th century, they – had Smokey the bear, and so we were going to put out the fires before they got started, Mm -hmm. and boy, we were successful in that. Yes. And you know what happened? We had a number of species that suffered greatly because of that.
0: That is fascinating to me, and I I remember years ago my dad sharing with me, and he was right on, that uh, when these forest fires come through here in the Catskills areas, uh, after the forest fire, it's almost like a purging and uh, then new growth comes up, exactly. and the blueberries, the huckleberries, or whatever you call them—yes, the blueberries will, and huckleberries—will will grow up. And so it's it's not all bad. Of course, we don't want a forest fire, so it ravages the place and right. you know burns up our houses and everything. But it's it's not the end. Some of this stuff is very natural. The way it occurs, exactly. in terms of it's very dry, you've got a lightning strike, um, the tinder gets ignited, and exactly. we we certainly don't want to see abuse of God's right. creation. Yeah. And uh, it bothers me when I see uh, people uh, driving down the highway and just throwing their cigarette butts out out yeah. the window, for yeah. example. Like, that is an
1: example of abuse. Or any litter that's not biodegradable <laughs> out the that's window. Right. That's the right. The daylights yeah. but, yeah, so. and, but that's something, you know, as a steward, often we have to stop and think, what is the effect that this is going to be? Yeah, exactly. And why do we need this?
0: What I also wanted to uh, just review is you've alluded a couple of times to uh, man's fallen nature. And Mm -hmm. uh, for maybe the listener tuning in, uh, you've been interested in the discussion so far. You might not be familiar with the terminology, uh, man is fallen. Uh, What is he fallen with respect to? Let's start there.
1: Yeah, man has fallen with respect to his relationship with God. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, that fall came from sin, and, yeah. and we know men are sinners.
0: Yeah, so man was originally created to have fellowship with God. A
1: fellowship with God, and, um. and he was created in a perfect world, and did things perfectly. Yeah, and, now, and it, it was and a world that wasn't
0: decaying the way it is and now. It,
1: right, it wasn't decaying, and uh-huh. now since Adam sinned, we all have sinned. Um, mm-hmm. we, we sinned because we are sinners, we're born in sin. So there's nothing we sin. can do
0: about that. There, I mean, no well, we jumped
1: right into the theology that's here. That's right. We, well, there's nothing we can do by ourselves about that. By ourselves. Yeah.
0: And, and um, I mean to say that um, we can't really pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, exactly. can we? Exactly. We yeah. cannot do that. Uh-huh.
1: It just We don't have the capability.
0: Now, why would I care? Let's see, the average person just tuning by, say, well, who cares? Why do I care that I'm falling? Why should I care?
1: Well, first off, there's an alienation from God. Mm-hmm. There's an alienation really then from purpose in life. There's an alienation mm-hmm. uh, from heaven. And because when Good you die, point. one of the interesting things is people live eternally, whether they realize it or not. They either live it in heaven or they live it in hell.
0: There's no way of getting around that. Once That's you're born, right. you will continue to exist eternally. Yes. And uh, in some ways that should scare the living daylights it out should. of you. Because here we are, um, we have literally inherited Adam's guilt. And whether you like it or not, that's, that's exactly what the Bible teaches. And so we stand basically naked before a holy God, having no righteousness of our own, and realizing that we could have relationship with this God who loves us, but it's broken because of the curse of sin. Right. And so uh, there is a transaction that can take place where merit is, is, is provided to us, where the very uh, righteousness of Christ, as it were, is shared, is, is put to our account, mm-hmm. so that before a righteous God, we can possess the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and thereby not have to go through his wrath and his curse. This is very significant. And if anything should be carried away from this discussion today about the Absolutely. environment, it should be that. Uh, environmentally speaking, that is the most important right. thing in this world and in the universe and for all eternity is your well-being before God. Yeah. That, that God in Christ was reconciling the world and that uh, he has you in mind. And we need to repent. That's a a phrase that's not used often today, and repent, uh, be sorry for having violated uh, the law of God. You might say, oh, I inherited Adam's guilt. There's nothing I can do about that. But wait a minute. Um, You've actually done sin yourself, as I have, as Mm -hmm. Mark has. We've all carried out and acted out our sin nature And so we're all guilty. Not only did we inherit Adam's guilt, we have acted out on our own so that we stand very guilty before a holy and righteous God who desires to have fellowship with us. That's right. You you ever go to a diner alone and um, you say, oh boy, i I got some time on my hands and I've got a little cash in my wallet. I'm going to go to the diner. And you get there and you feel lonely. Because nobody's there to join you in okay. eating. And, and what you thought was going to be enjoyable or isn't enjoyable. Uh, because you were made to have fellowship. You know, uh, and right. we want fellowship one with another, whether it's our oh. wife or maybe you're single, a, a future girlfriend, boyfriend. You want fellowship with your parents. Ultimately, there is no greater fellowship than have it with the triune God of the scriptures, right. the one who made you in his image. Mm. What greater fellowship could we have than that? That is like the ultimate in environmentalism. That's right. <laughs> Want to improve your environment? Believe right. on the Lord
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's right. And when you're in heaven, you'll realize you're in the best environment at all.
0: <laughs> oh, my. Can you imagine that? Well, today we're talking about environmentalism, and uh, this world was created by God. Yeah. And uh, we've talked a little bit about global warming uh, Mark, where do you want to take it from here? well uh, I, one we've of got the a few things, more minutes
1: yeah, I, one of the things I want to then just go in the direction of is how do we as Christians live in this world, and how do we balance all this? you know oh, yeah. we as Christians are not frozen we 're not going to stop and say well i can 't do this or i can 't do that. We realize that God has given us this, but we need to be good stewards of it, mm. so that helps us to stop and think you know these are all god 's good gifts, mm-hmm. and so we stop and think. Okay, I can cut this tree down, but should I? Because that tree was going to take another 20 years to grow. right? And so, should I cut this tree down? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you say, yeah, I'm going to be making a garden here. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I need to cut this tree down and remove it. And these are all good reasons. And here we see again, as we do a lot of things that are very good. For example, look at the population of the world. Hmm. Now, this is one of the areas that, again, a lot of the environmentalists are alarmed about. Mm-hmm. They look at the population and say, we cannot sustain this. That's, oh, I've
0: heard that time and again. That,
1: that's, yeah, that's, yeah. well, Malthus back yeah. in uh, the 19th century, or it was the 18th century, was it hmm. Malthus, who said, you know, that uh, the population's going to explode and, and we're not going to have anything left. Mm-hmm. Well. He was all wrong. He expected by the 21st century, total disaster. but he—he. He, <laughs> well, I think he was, we've entered that century. <laughs> yeah, we've entered that, and, and, and here we are. We're still yeah. here. But how did we do it? Now, one of the ways we did it was we created cities that grew up vertically. Yes. Now, how do you feed a city that grows up vertically? We've developed tractors. We've developed far- modern it's farming marvelous. methods yeah. where uh, the farmer's not only feeds his own family, he feeds hundreds and thousands of people besides himself.
0: You're getting at a point and we'll close with this point, and it's simply this. <clears throat> you look at the resources in this cosmos. The greatest resource are people. Right. It's people. And uh, my, my dear friend listening, this world is not overpopulated. It's nowhere close. That would be another topic for another future A Plain Answer. We probably need to talk that through. I see we're out of time for today. Really quick, just a few seconds, wrap-up thought.
1: Wrap-up thought, I would say, as a Christian, when you look at things that you do in relation to the environment, we look at the environment as a gift of God. Mm. And if we look at it as a gift, how do we use that gift? the best, honor, and glorify God. Mm,
0: perfect. Thank you. Today you've been listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting, and the studio with me has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and also local naturalist. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.